0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the History in 20 podcast. Um, Today I'm joined by the wonderful Brooke who is joining me all the way from Australia. So we've gone global. Um, Brooke is an expert in ancient Greek history and I am not at all. So I thought who better to come on the podcast and talk about five ancient Greek mythical women than Brooke. Hi Brooke, how are you?
1: Hi, I'm really good. Thank you. Thank you so much for for having me. I'm really excited. It's (laughs)
0: my first time being
1: on a podcast.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm really glad you've uh, agreed to come on. It's like excellent to have you on. So without any further ado, we'll make a start on the list. And the first one is probably one of the more famous Greek mythical women, and that is Medusa. So what can you tell us about Medusa?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think she's famous, to be honest, for the wrong reasons. Um, for the the misconceptions that people have around her. Um, so Medusa is known to be, you know, the scary monster. She has the snakes for hair. She turns men into stone. She's evil. She's wicked. Um, but that was not the case at all. <laughs> um, so Medusa was actually a priestess of Athena. She was a, or according to some mythology, obviously you've got the variations. They change across yeah. time. Um, but but the, the story I like of her is that she was the priestess of Athena. She was just a normal girl. Um, one day she went into the temple to do her usual duties. Um, and then Poseidon saw her. And you might want to put a trigger warning. I don't know. It's, you can't really talk about Greek mythology without uh, talking yeah. about sexual assault.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Well, that's like the sort of warning for anyone who's like might not want to hear about that. There is a sort of sexual assault trigger, so if you don't want to listen, just like skip this bit. and Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, I'll keep it mild. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, essentially, she went into the the temple. Um, Poseidon saw her, thought she was the most beautiful woman he's ever saw, um, and sadly, he did assault her in the temple. And. Because back in these times, the women were punished and, of course, the men got away with everything. Um, Nothing happened to Poseidon. And Medusa was punished by Athena for sort of sacrilege against her temple. And she was supposed to be a priestess of Athena. So, you know, how dare she do something against the goddess? Um, So her punishment was to be turned into this monstrous being that we know her as and banished to the far ends of the world where she would never interact with anyone whatsoever. Um, that's the the later myth that came on um, sort of towards when we're heading into sort of um, uh, CE territory. Um, if we're looking at BC, uh, she was a Gorgon originally. Um, there was three sisters. She was the more prettier of the ones. And then that was why she was, again, sexually assaulted by Poseidon so it's very similar um she was still punished either way and and sent to as far away as possible um so that no one would ever encounter her
0: right that's a great like description of her and like I've I mean I've learned plenty there um (laughs) just in that little little bit so I was just wondering there's one thing I've heard and I'm not sure whether it's like uh that well known or what but was there someone who was meant to find her and he they couldn't see her in a mirror or something Is that right? You can't look in a mirror or something. Could you just explain that a little bit?
1: Yeah, so um, that it was Perseus. Um, If anyone's watched Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, they sort of do like a a reimagining of that in there. Um, But you're right. So Perseus was sent to collect the head of Medusa um, on one of his labors, and he was aided by Athena. So she gave him a sword, and he was able to use the sword as... um, like use the reflection sorry to see Medusa because he couldn't look directly at her but it was fine to look at her within the sword um, and then sadly he succeeded in in chopping off her head
0: yeah I mean that's just like history summed up in it like men do something <laughs> yeah. badly and women get punished for it um,
1: unfortunately yes yeah
0: well thank you for telling us about that that's a great one to get us started on so the next one we're yeah, looking at is Helen so yeah fire mm-hmm. away
1: Another thing I think that's a bit of a misconception around Helen is people kind of forget her earlier years. And I think her earlier years are actually probably more interesting than her later years, to be honest. Um, we all know her as, you know, Helen of Troy. She's taken away by Paris. She's taken to Troy. And then, you know, she's the face that launched, launched a thousand ships. That That's what we know her as. Yeah. Um, but she has a really interesting childhood. Um, so she was born to um sorry later um so later again apologies was sexually assaulted by zeus um but on the same day later lay with her husband um and then she bore two eggs so out of these two eggs depending on the story they do differ (laughs) um you had clytemnestra helen Castor and Pollux. The story differs on who came out of which eggs at which time. Um, But essentially, Pollux and Helen were children of Zeus and Clytemnestra and Castor were the children of um, Leda's mortal husband. Um, So Castor and Pollux, they're quite famous as well. Um, They go off and join the Argonauts. Um, They're quite uh, heroic in their own that's where the um Gemini constellation actually comes from, is from those brothers. Um, so Helen was regarded as extremely beautiful, um, even as a young girl. And at age nine, she was actually kidnapped by Theseus. So he took her away, um, and she was later rescued by her brothers, Castor and Pollux, which I think is very impressive because if you think about it, they were nine years old as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, Greek mythology doesn't always make sense. <laughs> but, Pretty hardy um, yeah. nine-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So they they saved her. They brought her back home. Um, and then later on, of course, she marries Menelaus. King, um, he becomes king of Sparta through her, um, which is quite rare as well for the a man to inherit his wife's uh, sort of throne uh, rather than the other way around. Um, And then... Again, later she is kidnapped by Paris, and depending on who who you read and who you believe, um, she's either in love with Paris or not at all. Um, I like to believe she was not in love with Paris. She had a husband. She had a daughter. She was a queen. Why would she want to leave her home? You know, yeah, it, it doesn't yeah. make sense. <laughs> so, but I think Helen's one of my favourite. Greek mythological women because if you look at the entire events of her life everything that she survived is insanely impressive for a woman of Greek mythology you know they very rarely survived any encounters with a Greek hero or a Greek god and she lived until her old age and we're supposed to believe that she just died happily in the end
0: so right uh, a, a yes. rare happy ending maybe yeah definitely <laughs> um maybe or maybe not depending which way you believe but yeah another yes, excellent uh, introduction to another famous greek mythological character so the next one on the list is another begins with h again this is hestia mm. is that right hestia yes um right. so what what can we what can you tell us about hestia who was she what did she do what's she known for
1: yes. i love hestia um she's incredibly underrated um but if you look at Greek mythology and the ancient Greeks themselves, she was actually the, the most regarded Greek goddess. She was the most important god out of all of the gods, which is surprising because hardly anybody knows about her. Yeah. Um, she was more important to the Greeks than Zeus.
0: That's crazy. Um, I'd like, ne- never even heard of her until before
1: exactly. this
0: episode. So, yeah, that's unbelievable. Brilliant.
1: Yeah. Which is why I chose to talk about it because I was like, why are not more people talking about (laughs) Hester?
0: Exactly.
1: But the thing is, the reason she's not talked about is because she just stuck to her place. She stuck to her role, which was she's the goddess of home and the hearth. So she never, ever left Mount Olympus because that was her home. Her duty was to look after the hearth um, within Mount Olympus. So the most important half there was. Yeah. Um, and then within every single Greek home, they had their own half and that was seen as a shrine to Hestia. And it was the most important part of the home because that's what provided them with security. And, um, you know, that's where they got their food from the warmth to the house. They could use the fire to build tools. So Whenever there was feasts or sacrifices, Hestiob was always the first and last god or goddess to be celebrated to because she was just the most important essentially. Yeah. Um, but she's just not talked about because she didn't get herself involved with all this other chaotic stories that the other Greek gods did. You know, she just she stayed in her home. She looked after her hearth and, and looked after the people and, and, and she was content to do so.
0: Yeah I mean that's it's really interesting that because like she's obviously like so important given that you mentioned the importance of the hearth do you think Mm -hmm. maybe as well it's kind of almost an example of like sort of subservience like women being like well this is the best goddess and she's she's like so subservient she stays at home she looks after the hearth the cooking is it almost like a comparison how sort of even until recently women were, were kind of seen like that do you think?
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I think Hestia would have been seen as one of the ideal sort of women, um, no. aside from the fact that she was actually a virgin goddess. So she she never married, um, but, you know, she she just stayed in her realm. She did her, her, her duty, and that's what the Greek women were expected to do. Uh, well, majority, of course. Um, yeah for Sparta.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean that's that's really interesting that's she's honestly like yeah when you said you she's your favorite she's probably mm. mine now like <laughs> talk about being like criminally underrated or what like that's it's incredible converting people yeah <laughs> yeah so our next one is and i don't know if i'll pronounce this right is it persephone
1: yes
0: yeah um yeah just tell us about persephone
1: Another one of my favorites, um, again, unfortunately, trigger warning um, Mm -hmm. for Persephone. Um, Persephone is most well-known for her abduction. Um, So she is the daughter of Zeus and Demeter. um, So brother and sister, so that's a bit interesting. (laughs) Um, Her mother was the goddess of agriculture and Persephone is the goddess of spring. So they had a very strong relationship as mother and daughter and also for the fact that their abilities were so similar. Um, Later on, the Elysian Mysteries, that is based on mother and daughter. Um, So Persephone was one day dancing in a field of flowers, very similar to sort of Medusa. Hades came by on his chariot and, you know, wow, most beautiful woman I've ever seen. He got permission from Zeus to kidnap her. (laughs) interesting right but yeah he had to get permission because she's a goddess if it was a mortal woman do whatever you want but that that's zeus's daughter
0: (laughs) yeah oh he's got some morals then yeah at least you have to ask (laughs) him.
1: yeah to be honest hades isn't a bad guy apart from this story yeah (laughs) um there's a lot of misconceptions around him as well um but yes so he kidnapped her um, and she was not happy about it <laughs> at all, um, which is one thing that bothers me a little bit with myth retellings is for some reason there's now this huge spin on she was happy about it and there's all these like Hades and Persephone love stories. Like mm. if you just type that in, there's a whole lot of yeah. retellings of love stories. And I don't think people realise it. it wasn't a love story at all. No. Um, so what ended up happening was, he offered her a pomegranate and she ate a small handful of these pomegranate seeds. Um, Back up on earth, Demeter's going, you know, where's my daughter? She's trying to find her. She's distraught. She's walking around lost. And because of that, she's not doing her duties as a goddess. So the agriculture starts to die and the ancient Greeks, they start to starve because they're not, nothing's growing at all. So this is when Zeus goes, oh, I might've made a mistake here. (laughs) and Know I need to fix this. So he goes and meets with Demeter and says that he will get her daughter back. Problem is, Persephone ate from the underworld. So a compromise, compromise, sorry, has to be made there. And she then has to live half of her life in the underworld and half of her life above, which is where the Greeks got sort of the seasons from. So when she's in the underworld, that's the winter dry seasons. When she comes back up, that's summer and spring when everything grows and it's all beautiful, um, and that's where the Elysian, Elysian Mysteries came from—is is when she reunites with her mother.
0: Right. I mean, that's so interesting. Like the—it's really interesting, like like how ancient, like civilizations, the, their sort of explanations for things like the seasons. Because when when you listen to that story, there, it's so like you can see how relatable it is. Like mm. they didn't have like the scientific explanations that we have today. For the seasons like the geographical explanations and everything but you can see how they could justify it by that because it makes total sense um and another thing i was just gonna ask is about when you mentioned what she ate like a pomegranate do you think Hmm. that's kind of sort of an inspiration from like the story of adam and eve she eats like a forbidden fruit doesn't she and that's like then that's sort of like they're cursed from then on or whatever um, do you think that's some sort of like similarities there, or would the Greeks have heard of the Bible by then or
1: Well, they definitely wouldn't have heard of the Bible no. at that time, but um, Christianity uh, did get a lot of inspiration from um, ancient Greek and, and Roman mythology. Um, yeah. if you look at the stories there's <laughs> quite a lot of similarity. Um, Pandora, I'm not sure if you've heard of Pandora yeah. um, but she's she was the first Eve um and oh, that's right, where okay. eve came
0: from right yeah. oh that's really interesting well that's a good yeah. one for any listeners who like like me didn't know that that's a real good bit of <laughs> trivia um to know um i didn't know about like yeah pandora's box that's obviously a another one um but yeah our, our fifth character to talk about today is eris um mm-hmm. someone again surprise surprise i've not heard of but um <laughs> i'm sure you can uh talk us through and tell us all about eris
1: well, you might have heard of her when I start right. talking about her, but not have realised, um, because her name tends to forget, get forgotten in the story. Um, but I love her because she's very cheeky. Mm-hmm. Um, so, essentially, Eris started the Trojan War. All right, um, okay. Yeah, unintentionally um, or intentionally, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. So, Fetus, um, who is a goddess, and the hero Peleus were to be wed um, so they're the parents of Achilles and their wedding was supposed to be, you know, this huge grand event, all the gods and, you know, nymphs and everyone was to to be there. It was um, held in Mount Olympus and Zeus was throwing this huge party for them. Um, but obviously they were worried, you know, things might go wrong having all the gods around. So how can we avoid things going wrong? Well, let's not invite Eris because Eris was the goddess of strife. Right. Um, so she liked to cause a bit of mischief um, and she reveled in it. She enjoyed it. Um, but what happens if you don't avoid, invite the goddess of strife? <laughs> She's going to cause a bit of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Not, not good planning there. Um, so anyways, she storms in. She waltzes up. She holds this golden apple in her hand, drops it on the feast table, turns around and walks out. And that's all she had to do, and she set off the Trojan War.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable.
1: <laughs> so not sure if you recall, but the golden apple written on it in inscription was to the fairest. Right. Um, which is when Athena, um, Aphrodite, and Hera all ran to this apple and started to bicker over who was the fairest, who deserved the apple. Um, and they go running over to Zeus, you know, who's the fairest? You have to pick one of us. And he goes, I can't pick, you know, one's my wife, one's my aunt, one's my daughter, <laughs> either uh, way I'm in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um, so who did they get to pick? Some, some shepherd living on Mount Ida, who was also secretly a Trojan prince um, that he didn't even know he was a Trojan prince. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, they got to Paris and they made Paris pick. He ended up picking Aphrodite and then he ended up stealing Helen. We know the rest of the story yeah. from there. Um, but that's just what I love about Ares. That's the, the only myth she's featured in. And, and that's all she had to do. <laughs> she, just, she just waltzed in and created this like catastrophe. Like, yeah. All these like domino effects of events that led to the biggest mythological war ever.
0: That's fascinating. <laughs> and this whole list of like characters, you've picked them so well. Cause I know like obviously how, how much you know about like Greek mythology and stuff and Greek history, but like yeah. we've got people from like Medusa, sort of outcast kind of character, to like Hestia, this just like totally unknown goddess, even though she's the most important. And then Eris, who's just got in one myth and causes the biggest mythological war ever. It's yes. an insane character, uh, insane amount of characters. Like what a cast of characters that is great picks that they were absolutely fantastic um yeah i'd just like to say a huge thanks for coming on and talking about that because i've learned so much and i'm sure all the listeners will appreciate it as well um thanks so much again for coming on it's been absolutely fantastic hope you've enjoyed it of
1: course yeah thank you so much for having me yeah yeah really loved it
0: oh good good i'm glad right i'll uh, catch you all at the next episode thank you